Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. So once you've decided to write your memoir, the question of truth becomes very important. How much truth do you put in your memoir? How do you even approach it? In this episode, we'll walk you through how to look at and think about your truth in your memoir. Then it comes time to sit down to write. And if you're going to be writing a memoir, the reason to do it is to write your truth. Seriously, if you want to sit down to write lies, uh, and I don't mean lies in a propaganda sense. If you want to lie to yourself, there's no reason to do this. It's a waste of time, right? But let's talk about that for a second. Why does it matter to write, uh, to uncover and write your truth? Why is the truth even important? So everyone knows the saying, right? The truth will set you free. But what's that mean? Well, I mean, on a biological level, I can tell you the truth equals life, right? Truth is the key to survival. And I just mean like, if you don't, if you can't see your environment accurately, you can't see predators or you can't find food. If you don't hear things properly. So I mean like fidelity in terms of truth. Like how well are your perceptions lining up with external reality? All right, but it goes way deeper. There's a, so there's a deep biological reason uh, why truth matters to beings, right? Not necessarily philosophical truth, but truth in terms of, like I said, environmental reality. But it goes way deeper than that. Like one of our most vital tasks in life, I believe, is telling the true story of our own lives, right? Which means uncovering and speaking your truth uh, <clears throat> which allows you to fully examine, there's no way to fully examine your life without uncovering and speaking your truth, right? All the facts of your life. That's what I think. And once you fully examined it and felt it, you can then rewrite your story. And I don't mean the events are facts. What happened is happened, right? But what you can uh, rewrite the meaning. So you don't get to choose your past. I had the mom I had, I had the dad I had, I grew up the places I grew up, all that sort of stuff. But I do get to decide what my past means to me, right? This is real freedom, is the ability to freely look at the facts of your life and then freely decide what they mean. Alice Miller, very famous psychologist, said, we become free by transforming ourselves from unaware victims of the past into responsible individuals in the present who are aware of our past and are thus able to live with it. Right? Does that make sense? Because if you want most people who want to write memoirs, whether they admit it to themselves or not, they're doing it to heal, which I get. It makes sense. I've written, I've written four, five, right? One was mine and one was uh, Tiffany's. I, I've written, and then a couple others that I haven't publicly talked about. I get it. The point is to heal. But the only way to heal is to choose truth. You cannot heal through lies. There is no way to do that. Right? Does this resonate? Do you guys, are you guys getting this? So let's talk for a second about what it means to uncover your truth. To uncover your truth is about recognizing and admitting to yourself what your truth is, really is. I don't believe you find your truth, right? I believe it's already there in you. Thus, we say uncover, not find. To say find means that it's external, that uh, someone else could tell you where it is. 
I don't think so. I think every single one of us have to uncover our own truth, right? So let's talk for a second about what's not uncovering your truth. And this is going to answer some of the stuff that Emily was talking about earlier with uh, family. Payback or vengeance is not uncovering your truth, right? That's, that is uh, um, a way to, if you want vengeance on someone, it is you're trying to alleviate your pain by inflicting pain on them, which it works for a little while, but it doesn't work long term wallowing or victimization is not uncovering your truth. And I'm not saying uh, that something bad didn't happen to you. you. You could have had all kinds of horrific stuff happen to you. But if you sit in a victim mindset, the mindset is things happen to me. I don't choose them, right? I don't get to choose my life. Now, you don't get to choose everything that happens to you, of course. But like I said, you do get to choose what it means and how you use it. A victim mindset is crippling, especially in writing a memoir or projecting your emotions on others. That's not uncovering your truth, right? If I feel, um, if I feel upset and I pick a fight with my wife and, and ask her why she's upset, that's me projecting my stuff onto her, right? So let me give you some examples to, to flesh this out. I'm going to speak my truth. That's yours. So if I speak my truth, that's mine. I'm going to tell my family's awful lie. That is not yours. Now, you can be talking about the same event. So let's just take, um, let's take a, a, a really extreme, terrible example. So let's say that um, this did not happen to me. I'm, I'm thinking about something, a friend of mine. Um, in fact, hold on. She just finished this book. So this book, it comes out, I believe, in two weeks. Not out yet, but it's done. This book is called The Bad One by Erin Tyler. It's actually not even on Amazon yet. She's not going to do pre-sales. It's not How do yet. you have a copy? Send me one. Because they came to the office. Oh, okay. I need to get right. someone to mail me one. This exactly. book is incredible, you all. Yeah, it's amazing. And so Erin uh, uh, um, was sexually assaulted by a family member. And one, another family member, it's, all, it's in the book. Another family member uh, came in and saw it and then told Erin, basically, just get over it and lied about it. Right? So Erin could have approached her book two ways. She could have raged at her family and God knows I'm with her, right? Like who could blame her for that? And the book could have been, I'm going to unveil their, their lies and their deceit and their awfulness. All of that's true. And she, her first draft, her first several drafts were like that. But then what she came to realize is that she can tell the same story, but say, this is uh, my truth is that this happened to me. This other person did this. Here's how I reacted. So she's she writing about the same events and speaking honestly about them both times. But one energetic uh, push was anger towards them. And the other energetic uh, 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 orientation was, this is what happened to me. And this is how I've 
what I, what, what, how I felt about it. And this is now how I see it. You see, you understand the difference? And, and she wrote the facts are the same in, in both drafts, right? Does this make sense? All right. So the, another way to say this is that bearing witness is different than wallowing or venting. Aaron bared witness to what happened, but she did not sit in it. She did not, um, or vent about it, at least not in this book. She did in her early drafts, <laughs> but she, you know, she, it, it takes a while. Like a lot of times it, a good memoir, if you're working through hard stuff, you might write five drafts. Uh, it's just the way it works. And the point, see, but the point is, Aaron told her story, not anyone else's. So a good example is in her early drafts, she talked about, well, my mom must have felt this. And because she did this, she's this. She's talking about her mom there, right? She doesn't know what her mom thought. She doesn't know what her mom felt. She does know what her mom did. Let's just say her mom, for example. She knows what her mom did. She knows what her mom didn't do. She knows what her mom said, right? She knows what she felt. And so she, uh, the book was a lot of um, projection onto other people and a lot of wallowing and venting early. And then she saw that as she kind of did her emotional work and she really stripped all that out. And now it's what she felt and how she saw it and the things that happened. And so even though like all of the really horrific facts are all still in there, the way she approaches it is not vengeful towards other people it is just about uncovering and speaking her own truth and in fact what's crazy is it makes it 10 times more powerful all right so this means for a lot of people that the story you've told yourself is often going to change as you write your memoir right and this means a lot of times dropping your story and stepping into your truth i, I every memoir i have ever written even the jokey entertaining ones I learned quite a bit about myself as I wrote them. And I learned, oh, wow, I was bullshitting myself here. This wasn't quite true. You learn a lot, right? Or, or you can learn other things. Wow, this person was really kind of awful to me, and I had never even seen it until I started writing about it. Many of those things happen, right? So I would advise you to be willing to let go of your story as you write so that you're, you can uncover your truth, whatever that is. And by the way, the truth has a, a lot of layers. So it's not like your first draft, you just get it all, right? That's why I said sometimes it takes multiple drafts, multiple rounds. Um, these things can take time, all right? Alan Watts, a famous philosopher, said waking up to who you are requires letting go of who you imagine yourself to be. That is what's going to happen in your memoir process, even if – even if you know your truth, let's say you know it, you've got it pretty, you've done a lot of therapeutic work, you got it, writing it down is still going to at least clarify all the core truths you already have. So for some of you, a lot of stuff that you didn't know will come up. Others of you, it'll just clarify what you knew. But it's, this, it's the same journey in the same process. Also, telling people what to do is never your truth right? That's a way to keep distance from your truth. So a book that says, here's what you need to do, that can be a valuable book. It's not your truth. If you want to write a book like that, that's the knowledge share nonfiction, you go take that other course. And those are those can be fantastic books, right? But it's not your specific truth. It's just a set of instructions teaching someone how to do something. Okay. 
here's what I did. That's your truth. Telling people, talking about what you did and what you felt and what you learned and what you thought, that's your truth. And things that happened to you, of course, all your truth. So what if a truth comes up that feels really big and intense, or too much to handle or whatever? We recommend that you push yourself to the edge, but not over, okay? Don't force yourself to uncover or speak a truth that you've done no work around. Um, the best thing I think you can do is name it and move on. You can always come back to it, right? Uh, and I'll be honest, for a lot of you, like, like, let me get to that. I'm going to get to that in a second. Hold on. Um, you can always write another book. You can always add to this book. Uh, most great memoirists write several memoirs. Right? I mean, I've written four and I've got at least another one coming. But the point is to speak from your scars, not your wounds, right? The, uh, speaking from your scars is talking about she's speaking from her scars. She's dealt with what happened and it's not an open wound anymore. When she first wrote this, she was speaking from her wounds because she hadn't processed it, which is by the way, a lot of times the process, the first draft or the first couple drafts are how you figure out where the wounds are. And then uh, you heal them. You do the work of healing them. And then you can write about them from scars. So uh, if this is, I'm going to get to that in a second. Hold on. Before we get to questions, I want to talk about uh, memoir as therapy. So, uh, because this is, this is the question we never get, but we always should. And so I've got to address that ahead of time. Most of the people who are writing a memoir, not all, but most, are doing it because they either explicitly or implicitly want to use it as a therapeutic process. I'm going to tell you right now, I think that's a fantastic idea under a few conditions. First off, the more that you recognize to yourself that writing your memoir is a therapeutic process for you, the better, right? The, when it, the times it doesn't work is if you come in and you're like, no, no, it's not therapy. I just have a lot to say and people want to hear it. And it's about everybody else. It's not about me. Those, we get plenty of those clients at Scribe. And their books are not very good because they never really want to go deep and they never really want to tell the truth. They think they, they came in thinking it's not therapy when really it was, and then they just don't do the work. Okay. You can, you can take that path, but we've had a lot of other clients who come in regardless of what they're thinking at the beginning and they go start going through the process of a memoir specifically and they realize it is a therapeutic process and then they really go all in and they really work to uncover their truth the best they can and to really kind of go into those wounds so that they can help heal them and turn them into scars those books tend to be really good right and so if you are writing a memoir and i'm not saying it's like uh, the only way with it, but if you're writing it as part of your therapeutic process or for therapy, I mean therapy in the broadest sense, that's a good thing. And you don't need to be ashamed about that. In fact, you should be proud of yourself about that. Because unlike most people, you're trying to solve your problems. There's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. Most of it's not so good. Uh, I'm a big believer that you can't change the world, but you can change yourself. And by changing yourself, you can start to change the world. 
at least around you, right? I mean, that's, I'll tell you straight, I'm a great example of that. Look at my life 10 years ago. Look at my life now. I changed myself and the world around me changed. And you're here learning about this now only because of the work I started doing 10 years ago. And then you can do the same thing. You know, other people help me get here. I'm going to help you get to where you're going. You're going to help other people. That's the way it works. Okay. But the more that you recognize your memoir is a way of doing therapy, the better uh, the memoir will be and the more it will help you. You'll, be, you'll feel more free to be honest. You'll feel more free to speak your truth, especially knowing that, that this first draft is for you. And you'll feel more free to really uncover everything you need to uncover, whatever that is. Okay? All right. Excellent. Emily, let's go to questions. Uh, we've got some great questions on this section. So the first one is a simple question. Hard to answer, I think. Um, more clarification on what's the difference between a, a wound versus a scar and how do you know? Okay. Emotionally, obviously we're talking about a wound versus a scar, because if you don't know the difference, <laughs> like, <laughs> like physically, there's not like a, a lot of can help you. So well, um, memoirs don't cut you. So I, right. <laughs> I think that's uh, obvious. So no, it is a good question. You ever seen a speaker? and I mean a speaker in any sense, whether it's on stage or in a webinar or anything, start talking about something where you can tell it's still raw. And what they do is they dump their emotions on you, right? Like a wound. A wound bleeds on you. So what someone is doing when they're speaking from a wound is they have a lot of unprocessed emotion and they are dumping it onto you uh, as a way of relieving themselves of it. All right. So like, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean crying or being sad. It means like, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example. I mean, I know a thousand examples, but ones that people would know. Um, it just anytime, like uh, think of any talk show you've ever seen. Someone starts to get hysterical and they start to go this and that and all over the place. And you know what they're saying, or it's like, then it's like, okay, it's not, it's not that the emotion is bad. It's just that when someone's trying to dump it on you, then um, that's theirs. It's not yours to deal with, right? But speaking from a scar is different. Speaking from a scar is you are sharing what you've learned as you overcame and healed your wounds so that other people can take that and learn from it. Here, I'll give you a really good example. This is not a great emotional example, but it's one that'll really resonate. Imagine if I was at the same stage you are, I don't mean you, Emily, but like the, the viewers, if I was at the same stage you are writing a memoir, if I didn't really know how to do it, and I was here and like, just like, well, I think I do this and I read this and, and then here's what I think and then this, and that would be speaking from wounds, right? Whereas right now I'm speaking from scars because I have written many, many memoirs and taught many, many people how to write memoirs. So I know exactly how to do it. And in fact, writing a memoir was a wound for me at one point because I didn't know how to do this. I had to learn. I had to do it all myself and learn, right? And so um, that's kind of an example. It's not the best example, but it's, it's enough where you get the difference. If you haven't processed it and dealt with it, at least to some level, then writing about it can help you process it. 
Absolutely. So feel free to write uh, uh, about your wounds and to write from wounds. Um, but once it goes to someone else, by that time, you're going to probably want it to be uh, coming from scar places of scars, not wounds. Scar healed wounds, which are scars. And I would add, sometimes in writing, you think you're writing about a scar and you realize later it's a wound. <laughs> uh, like that happens a lot. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with writing through the wounds and then using that as a process to get them to scars. It's just that that's kind of all the pre-development work of a memoir. And the memoir itself is writing from that place that's a little further beyond the processing. Yep, great. Um, another question, a really good one. Does a memoir have to necessarily come from a painful experience for it no. to be considered worth reading? Absolutely not. Not in any None. way, shape, or form. Yours didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, mine were well, sort of. I um, mean, they did, but you didn't write about. No, but uh, see, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've read them. It's a, not it's, all. Of them. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about my writing. Most of those people have not read it, right? And so it's kind of funny when people like have all kinds of opinions about it uh, because politically they don't like they they don't like what I represent. Haven't read any of it. Don't understand why people would like it, but have a lot of opinions about it, right? If you actually read my right, you actually read it, you realize I'm speaking from a very, very wounded place. Um, uh, it's very subtle and very hidden though. It's in between the jokes. And that is what made it so popular. And I can tell you that uh, with absolute assuredness because um, after my stuff blew up, there had to have been 10,000 people who tried to copy me. And there's literally not a single one who was ever able, uh, as a man, who was a, ever able to pull it off. There's, there's been quite a few female comedy writers who've done pretty well with books, Chelsea Handler and a few others. Not one single man pulled it off, uh, like in terms of the style that I wrote. Uh, you know, there's comedians that write stuff that's funny, of course, but it's a different, that's jokey funny. Mine wasn't jokey funny. Um, and so, like, it was, it was deeply actually emotional, but just in a way that was very hard to see. Um, yeah, so like if you read it, you see that. You gotta read a few of the stories and you're like, oh, it's all there, it's very subtle. And so like, if you're at the level of consciousness that I was when I was writing that, then you, it, it is a way of, of feeling your emotions. Honestly, which it was funny. I ne you never could have explained that to me at the time. I was not doing any of that consciously. It was just, I, when I sat down to write, I had one fucking rule. Tell the fucking truth. Tell the truth about what happened. Tell the truth about how I felt. That was my only rule, and that was an emergent property of that. All right, next question. Uh, this is another good one. I'm on the other end of the scale from wanting vengeance. I view what others did with the grace of realizing that they had their own issues, etc. But how do I walk through that tightrope of speaking truthfully, but wanting to explain away for the sake of others? Okay, great, great, great point. This is why we tell you over and over to write it for yourself. There, I, like I I guess I just have to repeat myself again and again and again, which is fine. That's often the way it works. 
If you write it for yourself, you are not worried what other people are thinking. Period. Point blank. That is how you do it. And if you cannot, I'm sure there are a lot of you, probably the majority of you watching, who find the thought of thinking exclusively about yourself and for yourself and your own needs as absolutely uh, seizure inducing. (laughs) It's like, you can't do it. I'll tell you what that means. If we're going to be real frank, that means you came from a very toxic uh, young environment. Maybe your parents, maybe not. I don't know. You came from a very toxic environment. Maybe it was young. Maybe it was older. I don't know. Someone has convinced you that your needs are not valid and that, that their needs or other people's needs must supersede them. I would go to therapy. Straight up. The book... A book by itself is not going to help you work through that. I would absolutely go to therapy and I would absolutely focus on how do I learn to care for myself, to love myself, to recognize my needs, and then to meet those needs. And writing a memoir uh, where you only write for yourself can be an instrumental part of that process. I'm not going to say it can't be the only part of the process. That's not true. But um, if you put all of that weight just on the book, that's really tough because it is very hard to heal emotional issues without other people. That's why therapy exists is because the way emotion, the way you address trauma is almost always in a contextual uh, interpersonal relationship. Just the way it works. I noticed in my own self too, that anytime I was writing and attempting to shield someone else, what I was really doing was shifting blame onto myself, like shielding someone else. I was doing it because I wanted to blame someone <laughs> I didn't want to be the bad person that just points a finger at everyone. So then I heaped it all on myself. And then I had all this other shit to process because mm-hmm. I was beating myself up. Which is, um, yeah. which is codependency. Weird, <laughs> absolutely codependency, but also in a weird way, it's incredibly selfish to think, oh, everything's my fault. It is a way of controlling your emotions, of being a controlling narcissist that we're, there's two ways to be a controlling narcissist. You can be like, like the Trump wet narcissist, right? Like that style of narcissism, or you can be the, the more, let's call it the quieter, uh, you can be the altruistic narcissist. Right? The one who's like, no, I exist to serve others. I don't care about myself. The self-sacrificing narcissist is the one who will destroy themselves to help others and then be resentful towards them. Right? It is actually the opposite side of the same coin. They are, they are one and the same. The coin is the same. The sides look the opposite, but they are not. And so most people I know who are the self-sacrificing narcissist had Trumpian style narcissist parents. Uh, That's very, very often the case. And I mean that in the broadest sense, right? And so their reaction is the underlying issue is the same, but the surface is the complete opposite. If you really, uh, this stuff will come up if you write this. I mean, if you really dive into your life, this is going to come up. If that's the issue in your life, there's plenty of other issues that can come up. 
One last question on this section. How do you write through guilt that you might feel? I, I, there is not a better answer than to say you write for yourself, right? If you are writing, in fact, what you have in front of you, if you are feeling guilt about this, and I'm sure it's the majority of you, right? And that's cool. That's great that you're trying to work through that. I cannot be more clear about this. If it is very difficult for you to sit down and write through, um, if it is very difficult for you to recognize your own needs and your own desires and take care of yourself without feeling guilt, you have been conned. You have been manipulated by someone who, they may not be evil. They may be a really good person. They were just dealing with their own shit. So I'm not calling your parents evil. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I have no fucking idea. I have seen countless examples of families full of white knights, everyone trying to do the best, that were insanely toxic, right? Just, just because someone thinks they're trying to do the best does not mean that they are. Um, in, in, in actual, uh, uh, in effect. And so um, if, if guilt is overriding, you need to go get therapy. I cannot be more clear about that. And if, you, if you're afraid to do therapy, you just wanna write your book, okay, cool, uh, that's fine, maybe you're not ready. Then uh, tell yourself, I'm writing this only for myself. This book is for me, right? And if you can't even write a rough draft for you without uh, guilt crippling and stopping you, then you have some serious emotional issues to work through. I don't mean you're crazy. You just have serious issues to work through. Ask me how I know. I've had to work through all of this. That's why I know this, why I can talk about this so clearly and directly because I've had to work through all this and I'm still working through it because it goes in layers. It's, this is not a linear thing. This is like an onion. It's not a race. You peel off a layer of the onion. What do you get? Another layer of onion. You peel off another, what do you get? You keep peeling layers. And then of course you get to the middle. It's a beautiful little flower, right? Except you're fucking crying and snotty by the time you get there because you've peeled 50 layers of the onion. Okay, that's probably what writing your memoir is gonna be like. That's how it works. Uh, so if, you, if you're trying to deal with guilt as a symptom, how do I stop feeling guilt? You can't. Absent um, heroin, <laughs> Or, or some distraction, gambling, sex, whatever it is you use as a distraction, drugs, whatever you use as a distraction, you can. But that doesn't work, not forever. It just pushes the pain away for a second. And then once you sit, sit down or write, it comes back. Right? And that's the point. The point of writing this is to speak your truth so you can be free of the pain. That's the only way to let it go. This is the only way. And also, it is why I highly recommend, if you... Not every, you don't have to go into therapy for writing a memoir, but if your guilt is so overriding and so crippling that it is preventing you from writing the truth, then you really, in order to get through that, 
I would highly, highly recommend pairing it with therapy. And I'm telling you this not from a place of judgment, from a place of ultimate compassion. I have had to do this. I have had to do the same thing. I've written, you know, big fancy writer, millions of books sold, blah, 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 blah. The, the memoir I'm writing now, I'm only able to do because of the various forms of therapy I've done. Psychedelic medicines, talk therapy, all kinds of other things. If I hadn't done that, never could have written this. Never. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this episode valuable, then definitely check out our free online workshops at scribebookschool.com. During the workshop, we'll teach you our exact step-by-step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. It's totally free, and you can watch it right from the comfort of your home. Again, you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Scribe Book School.